Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Dewing Grain are independent and local grade traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, they can offer you the best strategies to achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Each week on our podcast, we begin with the Dewing Grain Market Report, giving you up-to-date information and analysis, followed by Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues with a guest or two while sampling a beer. Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and this week's Market Report. Welcome to the Market Report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market report for week commencing 5th of September 2022. It's pretty dull old stuff at the moment. The market is today at 10.30 in the morning, untraded in London. The French is down a diddy bit. The States are up a diddy bit, having been down a bit yesterday. But there's nothing of any great note going on that can really change the world. So we kind of, yeah, it's boring. We'd like to pretend it's not, but it is truly boring. We had the Alsham show last Monday, and talking to farmers at the show, I would suggest that farmers have definitely all got some wheat to sell, and they are in the mind that the market ain't going to go down very much, or it'll go up at a later date. So they're feeling really incredibly relaxed, and whilst they're in a I-don't-really-care mood, then nothing much is going to happen on the sell side of things. The only thing that would provoke them to do something, I think, would be a £25 drop. And I think in the UK, that's unlikely in the world scenario, but in the UK there is, if there is a surplus of wheat, which there is, and the boat programme, which is probably old business that will last August, September, I don't think there's much on the books beyond then, and we're not competitive, that's, that's a fact. So my view is that we have a vulnerability in the UK through the volume of grain that's got to trade. A lot of farmers are probably thinking, I'll sell it later for sort of Oct or Nov or Deck. I need to get it out of the way. I don't really want to keep it. And certainly with a really small carry in the market, it is kind of pointless. Each month, if you do look after it properly and you blow it and get the temperatures down, it probably costs you in excess of a pound to do that per tonne per month. You haven't got the money in the bank. So if you've got it in your head to sell it pre-Christmas, I suggest, and I can't predict some crazy Putin moment The corn crop in the States and the corn crop in Europe is looking pretty grim, but there's counterbalance things like the amount of corn coming out of Ukraine, about $60 cheaper than European corn. So all of these things are fighting each other to determine where the price is. But if you just bring it back to very basics, the price of wheat is in excess of £250 a tonne. If you've got to flog it in between now and Christmas, I don't think it's going to go to 300 I don't think the rally comes this year, if you like. 2023 is a different story. I don't know, oldness, wiseness says, get on with it, even though no one else you don't feel inspired to sell it because you might miss out well i think it's more likely to go the other way on the basis of at some point you lot are going to sell it because you have to because your shed isn't quite right or whatever so i don't know I'm, i could be very wrong with that it's just an instinct feeling i have and there's no logic or rhyme or reason to it it just yeah i just think there's a point coming where november futures especially look overpriced and if that comes down everything that you get BDX farm relate to it and down comes your price we shall see anyway let's give you some prices on wheat one i'll start with that uh, september 250x farm october 252 nov 253 deck 255 so there's a little bit of a carry this side of christmas as far as we're concerned and then come next may currently it is let's get this right 
about 260, something like that. It's not very exciting and certainly not worth carrying it. If you look at feed barley, current value for September's perked up a diddy bit. There's a few more bids around, as we discussed last week. 232x September plus a pound a month. Again, if feed wheat comes under pressure, I guess feed barley will come under pressure too. But there seems to be signs of the odd cargo trading. There's certainly the odd bid in there for feed barley to port. So maybe we're around the value that it's going to stay at. So I think it'll be in excess of £230 a tonne for a little while. And don't forget, that's a feed barley price. I mean, 230 doesn't that sound good? Probably not. Malting barley in the doldrums relatively. Seems to be no buyers this side of Christmas. There will be some shorts in the market who are coming in to buy it and they'll pay up a diddy bit possibly, but there's no real life in it. Post-Christmas, 275x for Feb, round figure. Depending on the spec, there might be a quid or two more in it or a quid or two less, but it's not that much above feed barley. And as I say, there's an an abundance, an overabundance of that product, so it ain't going to go up much. Oilseed rape, 490, sort of November movement. It's not that exciting relative to what we've seen. Don't know what that one's going to do. Again, it boils down to other crops being harvested. How much comes out of the Ukraine, if there is any coming out of the oil coming out of the Ukraine. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that one. It seems to have no news that I can give you that's going to inspire you to do one thing or the other. So just follow your own gut instinct on that one. It's been very bullish for a long period of time. And there's a danger when everyone says, oh, it's going to go up in the long run, in it doing the exact opposite for no other reason than, than Sod's Law. Yeah, that's about it, really. We're seeing seed orders suddenly pile in, so there is going to be a job for us next year. All I need now is to see some grain in the ground coming up with some green shoots, and it'll mean I've got a job for another 12 months. So, farmer boys, please carry on doing that. That that sort of cheers us up if you're a grain trader. Yeah, other than that, this is our 200th episode, which is amazing. And I'm very grateful for the comments that people are making about the podcast and the fact they do enjoy it. And I always like to set the grain trade up on a Monday morning with exactly what they should be doing next. So you heard it here first, boys. Get your farmers to sell it this side of Christmas and I'll be right then. Anyway, have a great week's trading. Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours. Advertising on this podcast works. Yeargrain Central Grain Store is delighted to announce that all available storage capacity has now been sold. If you want sales and success, please contact East Coast Design Studio on 01603 728 978. Good morning and welcome to the 200th episode of the Doing Grain podcast. To celebrate, we thought we'd take a trip down memory lane. So here's a little montage of some of our recent guests. Hope you enjoy. Our first guest of 2022 is a gentleman called John Hardy. Hello, John. Good morning, Mr. Durning. Pleasure to see you. Today I've ventured far and wide. I'm in North Essex with a gentleman called James Gray. Good morning, James. Good morning, Andrew. We have finally got a molster on board, and I've got with me Bob King. So, Bob, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Andrew. The actual man who turns water into wine or turns the barley into the malt. So I've got with me Martin Bailey from Baird's Malt. Good morning. Right, today, this is really good news for future podcasts. <clears throat> I've got with me Ian Barmer. So, good morning, Ian. Good morning. Someone who I've spoken to just about every working day of my life since I was 21. The man I've spoken to most, probably in my life, a man known as Choco, who is also goes by the name of Paul Sakira. Hello, Choco. Good morning, Andrew. This week's podcast is a very topical subject, and I've dragged my wife kicking and screaming to actually answer some questions on this. I have got Yula, who is a mum of the Ukrainian family that have come to live with us. So, hello, Yula. Hello, Andrew. Hello, everybody. 
You've heard the phrase hijack. Uh, we've had a good friend of mine, Adrian Dieters, turned up on site to look at our samples and have a chat with us. So, Adrian, good morning. Morning to you. Right, in recent times, I've been taken to hijacking people when they come in our office. And this morning, I've got a golden opportunity to talk to a local farmer who's finished harvest in July. So, I've got with me today Jimmy Fowle from Itchingham. Good morning, Jimmy. Morning, Andrew. Right, as a special scoop today, I just want the rugby world to know that the Doing Grain Scrum Half Training School is still in good fettle. We've got young Jack Van Portfleet also now coming into the squad and obviously scoring with his second touch of international rugby. And he's with me this morning. Hello, Jack. Hello, Andrew. Right, out in the middle of the cricket square, bat held in the air, hat on, take the hat off, wave to the crowd, 200 up. Well done, boys. Ben and Ian, good performance. Thanks. I really feel that we've earned it. It's a double century. It's pretty cool, isn't it? The fact we're still doing this podcast after 200 episodes is amazing. I don't know what I thought we'd get to. In fact, it wasn't really a thought when we first started it. Well, there's three and a half thousand people plus listening to our podcast. Not every week clinging on to every word of it, but there is over three and a half thousand people listening to us. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I must admit, when you started this venture, Andrew, I was a little bit sceptical. I was a little bit sceptical too, because <laughs> it wasn't my idea, but I'll claim all the glory if you want. Okay. But I think overall, actually, they're good. I mean, the other day, look, let's be honest, we were sitting in the office and Webby made us listen to a competitor's podcast and it sounded like someone had thrown a chair into an empty room and then held the microphone next to the chair. It was mind-numbingly read from a piece of paper and duller than dishwater, wasn't it? Yeah. So we got no competition. Ours were pretty steady at the beginning, though, weren't they? I've got to admit, yes, we were very wooden until we yeah. threw away the piece of paper and started just having a chat, which was what, where it started. There was, to start there to was a, a structure to begin with, and now it's just... Well, well we had Susie and Claire were very good at disciplining us, and they actually had some really intelligent people on there, which they interviewed, I'll add. And we had a structure, and we were very well looked after, and every week they'd make sure we had a beer and make sure we were on time and all that. But that went out the window when they you know, went off in a, in a different direction. Calling. When they thought it was going to fail, yeah. <laughs> no, they didn't. They never, they never thought that. They set us up correctly. And anyone who's ever thinking about doing a podcast, it's not just about picking up a microphone of any old description and just talking it and then trying to send it out into the stratosphere you have to get the right platforms and you have to do all of the prep work on that side of things to make sure it goes out to every single iphone and your samsung android argument every platform that conceivably can broadcast i didn't know any of that stuff and they nailed all of that at the start which is where we started from a good place yeah uh, over the years i say how many years doing one of each four years yeah i have enjoyed them generally well there's a thing. Hang on a minute, hang on. You've enjoyed them, but whenever AD's gone away, you're the last one to come in here and go, oh, I'll do the podcast. <laughs> you just sit there and go, Ben, you've got to do the podcast. Actually, in this room, as the only forum, I actually get away with taking the piss out of you. <laughs> <laughs> if no. it happens in the office, everyone like shuts me down really quickly and says, don't pick on Ben. Right, girls, listen, 200th episode is, we're we're going to reflect back on some of the high points and some of the low points, where we think it's going, where we think it's gone, where we, you know, what's been a success, what's been a failure. I've kind of made a little list of one or two that, you know, we had a legend series, we had an education series. Before we did, can I open a beer, just while, if you're going to... Oh, go on then. Go through every episode. No, yeah, (laughs) episode one. Um, Whilst you're opening the beer, the part that I did really enjoy was, um, do you remember when we did all the tastings? Do you remember we tasted, like, various different 
artificial meats and then <laughs> then we did the dairy tried various different milks didn't we and we had loads of like different products here we were tasting that was a little bit of a an interesting food and t- tasting stuff you always yeah, that was right. at the front aren't you that's okay. good let's do the beer bit first because this is the celebrated issue we don't have it every single week which we should but this week i've got a confession i have been a thief i have been an opportunist and a thief there was the alsham show this week and we were presenting to the great unwashed the dynamics of food production and the company alongside us was crisp malting group to their great credit they had this amazing stand with the most beautiful flowers that young toby had grown and presented and did this massive yeah. flower arranging thing which made us look a little bit yeah, dull yeah, so we had to yeah. cheat by chucking Maltesers at kids to get them to come and see us there we were doing our bit for mankind and when we went to clear up on monday the box for crisps hadn't been collected yet and in the top of the box oh dear. was a beer moon gazer jigfoot right this is part of the barsham brewery it accidentally I it. fell into the no, back I, of- I, I, I went oh that looks good for the podcast. <laughs> so I have a confession. If anyone at Chris was missing that particularly, then either send me an invoice or I don't know. I kind of feel minutely guilty, but I'm about to take a swig of it. And Okay. Know. Well, I've got Hampshire Brewery, Ringwood Brewery, Boondoggle, which I've had before. It's a very good... This is a good go-to beer with... Lots of flavour. I like this one. Well, my Jigfoot's lovely. I'm really glad I, I nicked it now. But, I, you know, that's not really how you should live your life, any, anyone young and impressionable. But it was just temptation was too great. And I thought to myself, I will confess this on the podcast, which kind of makes it okay a bit. It's a bit like being a Catholic, you know, kill a load of people and say you're Hail Marys and you're fine. It's fine, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Nothing well, wrong. Um, I've got the Rev James, really good beer. Reminds me a bit of a Timothy Taylor. And where's this brewed? Cardiff. Mm. 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 So yeah, tell you what. One of my highlights actually over reminiscing about the podcast is some of the impressions you've done, Andrew. Yeah. They've been pretty <laughs> inspiring. Oh yeah, the farmer's wife always goes down well. <laughs> <laughs> you know how much trouble. You know how much trouble that causes. Can we just hear it again? <laughs> it's the two hundredth episode, Andrew. Oh, I've been so busy this week. You'll not believe what I've had to do. The phone's been ringing. I've had to answer it. And I've got Gerald. And I said, Gerald, you're going to have to get someone in to answer the phone. <laughs> it's too much. There we are. Our listenership's just gone down again. Anyway, those days are gone. I'm sure all of those people who did that have gone. And they don't exist anymore, he said. Anyway, let's go back to education series. Okay, we've only done okay, three on yeah, education, yeah. you know. Options, Two. cash Two. settlements, yeah. and a prepping for harvest, kind of get yourself, you know, get yourself sorted on your storage and work out where your grain is going to and just basic yeah. stuff like that. I don't know, there's probably more we could do. It's kind of we take for granted that people know exactly what they're up to, yeah. but I don't know if there's ever there's a subject that you kind of want to know how merchants think on it or where if you've got something that, that doesn't quite square in your head about how it all works, contact us and we'll cover it. We'll do a little talk about it, yeah. about how we see it and how it works. So lots of new generations coming into the trade or into farming. And so, it's, yeah, it's beneficial for everyone, really, isn't it? Yeah, we could educate them how to talk on the telephone, couldn't we? You have to what is this, the trade or farmers? The youngsters, the new generation okay. that like to talk to each other on WhatsApp. Yeah, remember, this is, this is the WhatsApp gripe. My favourite of all things is I have been able to rant yes. on loads of subjects. And the best bit of all is loads of people have agreed with me. Deny it all you like. We The feedback we get is, oh, I agree. My favourite is when our listener in Austria emails us on Monday morning. <laughs> 
and then highlights all the issues and problems that we didn't cover and what parts we missed. Yeah, but he's a massive fan, isn't he? And he's such a fan. We got those international rugby players to give him a big, you know... Big him up. Yeah, big him up, which is, you know, that's that's like a reward for listening. Yeah, so, you know, education series, ranting. I intend to keep ranting, but I think I might be repeating myself every week. You have to tell me that, because I'm at the age where I, you know, obviously say the same thing a lot. (laughs) Talking about age, though, legend series. I mean, have you got a list of all the legends? I got Munty. He was my first legend yeah. series. It was a bit green in me interviewing with him. That's where that's where the the question list gone out the window, and we just had a conversation. He was very sceptical about coming on, and it was he was very negative to it all. And I, I forced him into it, and I'm really glad that's there. Is yeah, oh, one of the biggest characters in the trade, certainly. So yeah. Yeah, and Choco was awesome. Choco was absolutely. I'd been meaning hilarious. to do that for two years, and I and I and I was beginning to worry he's going to, you know, depart this worldly coil or something. In the meantime, he had a heart attack and died once suddenly, and, and gone to hospital in Japan. One thing he hates is hospitals, and second thing he hates is high-rise foreign hospitals. And he was in the twenty-second floor of a Japanese hospital, <laughs> having pegged it over the Mariana Trench, <laughs> and he still lived to tell the tale. Yeah, Choco was great. Monty uh, Bish, that I loved yeah. the Bish one that's very early days as well i listened to that actually earlier on to just remind myself the little jokes and stuff he was yeah very good yeah there's jeremy savage you had in there he was on three weeks because the conversation went on for so long and there's so many stories his family one of his daughters i think contacted us who'd been living abroad and said thank you so much those stories had never been told yeah that's massive that's a really big thing yeah yeah which leads on to, to Murray Ferguson. I was going to say, yeah, that was fascinating. If I had a favourite of guests in terms, I mean, uh, we, obviously we've had some very high-profile guests, not least the Earl of Leicester, our favourite Earl for the hundredth episode. You know, he very kindly did a podcast for us. He occasionally listens. I'm sure he listens every week, really, like everybody else. That was a very memorable, yeah, you know, was, yeah. walking into the hall and getting him to go and find the beer out of his fridge was great, as you do. But no, Murray Ferguson was. The most eye-opening in terms of understatement and, yeah, he just... Amazing was, life. Well, it's like, yeah, well. it, the, you know, having been a spy, he was pushed up to northeast Norfolk where if anyone came along that was a bit strange, they knew they were going to get Murray. So he's like, he was safe out in the open in Hempstead or Lessingham. But he was fascinating, I thought. Mm. I mean, within that sort of legend, there's Caroline Drummond, who's sadly no longer with us, and I'm so grateful and glad that we had her you know on the podcast lovely wonderful woman such a leader in the industry and so again understated and modest and able to deal with everybody you know top to bottom those definitely stick in the memory and so and hang on a minute so who's on because I know the 200th is we're reminiscing, but there's a bigger podcast coming, isn't there? Oh, we've got a, we've got a very high profile 201, yeah, but I'm yeah. not going to say who it is yet. Okay, but that's be on our social media yeah. thing, so people have got to, you know go whoa, and he this this guy will probably have a whole load of followers that inevitably will bring you know another three and a half thousand listeners into the world. We need to start monetizing this, don't we? Yeah, I mean, um, I think one week we should do a podcast where we just read from a script in a really wooden fashion. Do you think so? <laughs> What does USDA stand for? <laughs> we don't want to lead people to another podcast, do we? No, no, no. On the basis they might crash into a tree while they're listening to it. You've got your Bob King interview. That was more educational than anything I could have ever said about Malting Party. Yeah, brilliant. Bob, yeah, Bob King was very good and 
massively informative. I mean, for anyone wanting to know about malting barley, there's the podcast to listen to. Yeah, and, and it was just knowledge, pure knowledge. Yeah. And the subject matter is all that you need. If you studied those subject matters on an annual basis pretty well, you'll be in the right place to understand what, what the essence of malting barley is. Mm. Martin Bailey, who came up from beds, you know, an actual maltster, the guy who actually puts the stuff in the steep, equally very, very factual about the dynamics of it. Those things all add to knowledge, don't they? David Wright. I mean, our relationship with the flour miller, for having, you know, utterly smashed them on the podcast previously, developed because of that, almost. You know, he, yeah. He's become a mate, he's become someone that we do stuff with directly, a relationship has developed, purely podcast-led, really. And my, you know, my untamed wit about flour millers. And your, yeah, your, <clears throat> yes, your unabashed scepticism about flour millers and claims, yeah. Well, it obviously works. You, you, <laughs> Basil Faulty approach to charming your customer... <laughs> Phelan in Ireland, just the day after the yeah. Dublin dinner, when quite bluntly... You were both pretty tender after that, weren't you? Which leads on to, like, last week's one, where we did it post-hour Harvest 2. Sometimes, when you're in that complete and utter brain-doesn't-work-properly-fog-type mm. way, they're the best podcast because you really can't be quick-witted. It just sort of goes, mm. And out <laughs> comes something profound. Not from, yeah. not from us. <laughs> But, you know, Phelan, he was, that was episode 23. That's, that's, that's it? Yeah, right. I know. I was looking at this, you say that, that the episode with, for example, Munty, episode 11. Wow. Yeah? That's, I remember there's a picture of Munty on our social media in, in his flowery shirt, wasn't he? That's a comic shirt. I bought him that shirt. Did you know? I did, yeah. And now that's when he had his, he hadn't realised that he was gluten intolerant. Now he can actively drink cider and uh, JT Coke's been given the tick. So he's a fat git again. (laughs) (laughs) His shirt doesn't fit anymore. (laughs) Much, much healthier to see him at his full fighting weight. Other memorable thoughts, you know, Yulia, the, our, our Ukrainian lady, she, she came on and we had a phenomenal response to that. She, was, she innocently just kind of said how it was for mm-hmm. her. Yeah, we had a load of response and people, you know, passing messages back to her, encouragement and positivity and stuff. And things like that, you know, without having a podcast, you wouldn't be able to do, would you? What surprised me, actually, uh, this weekend was Ian's wife actually said she enjoyed listening to us on the podcast. Did As she? in Webby and I. I really hope she doesn't listen to everyone. There's been a few awkward moments. While we talk about that, at the Elsham Ball last week, Sarah said to me she really loved the ones where I wasn't there. I was like, oh. But you weren't there? Yeah, she said no. Oh. I like the one with the boys, she said. Very hot. <laughs> so she like... Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's true, Andrew. I think it was Sarah. Somebody said it. I'm pretty sure it's Sarah. No, it's not my wife. Mm. No. She said you're a bit boring, you old kid. Ben's fired. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're right, reminiscing, good stuff, but we need to, you know, future format. Reminiscing's good for you. Look, let's uh. talk about the flops, Ben. Let's talk about what flopped. Our request for pool prices. We got some pool prices. Oh, yeah. It would have been very unfair to quote the pool prices. We had people come back to us and they are very eye opening. But yes. without the full array I've got too much of a conscience to do that. That really isn't fair. Yeah, that, I, in, in hindsight to that, it's very dodgy territory still, isn't it? Nope, I don't think so. I think somebody somewhere needs to have a definitive how someone performs on, on pools in terms of actual price paid back, not the fictitious, this is our price. Yeah, oh, that, that yeah. commission off, less Oh, this. hang on a minute, there's that fee, there's that fee. So, but yeah, you're right, Andrew. It needs to be the bloody clear... 
And that we, is the pool price. We take 5% off into our store as well because we haven't mentioned that anywhere, but we've called it screenings and we'll take it off. So yeah. we can make our price better because we just nicked a load of grain off you. I agree with you. The smoke and mirrors on some of the pool prices are appalling. And the stupidity of farmers just blindly signing up to them is appalling. That's a fact. It is. They are some of those pool yes. prices that we read were crap they were absolutely awful and even then even when we looked at some of that paperwork even then it wasn't like immediately clear what the final price was the farm was getting which is shocking isn't it because it's mm. like you should know that is it a little bit extra taken off hgca <coughs> levy or ahdb levy you know there's a set amount you're supposed to take from the farm and the rest is supposed to be paid by the merchant and then some is repaid for the privilege of collecting it some people take the whole amount off the farmer mm. and the farmers blindly wander along with their eyes shut going oh yeah it's only only 3.3p or whatever it is yeah right that makes you dim that makes those people doing it a being paid for it b taking money they shouldn't take and c they're not contributing at all to the process that i find nauseatingly annoying because it's every little penny you know there's a company who gets away without charging vat on their weighbridge they charge a load charge regardless of size of load and the load <coughs> charge is a direct deduction no vat included it's a straight in my pocket thanks very much cheat the vat man cheat the country profit in their book how on earth they're able to negotiate that is because they're enormous is that the same bundles. company that don't they do something i don't want to spell out which company it is they the, know who they are yeah. they'll get irritated if it goes any further than that but that's like it or lump it that is actually everyone else is charge, charging vat and paying it into the system they're not that's just straight okay so what, what are the flops Dear doing. Now, I was the one who kind of reluctantly... That was suggested by Chris Key, which while we're on the subject of Chris Key, I have to say the second episode of that one, episode 158, was halfway through the evening where we'd already got pretty drunk and it started degenerating. There's a particular moment in there where I know they edited out five minutes of laughter where Chris Key couldn't speak because I just got him with a particular phrase. It still makes me laugh now. That was funny. I loved it. That was one of my favourites. Dear Keo, it was yeah. awesome. It was so good. It is mentioned regularly by a number yeah. of local people, but yeah, he, he there was an agony aunt bit. And the girls at the East Coast Productions think we should do a, still have a dear doing agony yeah. aunt section, which is... Okay, my mind is still open on that one, so we won't call that a flop. I was the one who kind of kicked into touch because one or two things came through which were a little obviously crude or whatever, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I had to be grown up on it. But, yeah, we did read one or two out, I think. I like chucking the humour. I mean, maybe our banter goes a bit too far sometimes. But um, <laughs> The enjoyment of the day-to-day office laughs that we have. Uh, well, uh, the other thing, I think, that the evolution of the in-house chats... The, what we're doing now, initially you still think there's nothing of any interest to anybody. But as you remember at the boss, Ben, you know, you were suddenly, oh, are you Ben from the podcast? And you like, felt a little famous, didn't you? Yeah, I did, yeah. And then the folks said, I love it. I really love those little chats where you talk about stuff. And pandemic made sure we couldn't go and visit people. So we ended up continuing through the pandemic yeah. with various, you know, I interviewed my family, which I thought was great. I I've, got, I've, got, them, yeah, I've yeah. got them captured forever. And it's really interesting listening. Yeah, it's great. I'm really pleased with those. But within our little group, I mean, some of the chats we've had have been hilarious, I think. Yeah. But in fact, I, there is one that makes me laugh, which is, I think, for some reason, there was just Webby and I in here, and we did a one in December 2021, which was over COVID, and it was just Webby and I, and it was only 20 minutes long, but it was quite funny. That's the one Sarah's obviously on about. Mm. <laughs> 
But yeah, you know, we kept going over the pandemic with them, and, I, and that was worth it, I think. Yeah, our personalities, for what they are, within this industry is kind of, you know, we have opinions, we say them out loud, we discuss them. I'm quite sure we're wide of the mark and got the wrong information quite a lot of the time, but, you know, we'd say out loud what we think's influencing the market, interspersed with what can only be described as normal banter. It's no different to when the mic's off, is it? No. And because of that, people kind of feel like they know us. Does that make sense? Like, so yeah. people come up, and we, with, that, with that guy we saw last week in the pub, insisted on buying us a beer, even though we were, like, death warmed up. Oh, God, Because, yeah. obviously, you have a beer, haven't you? Because it's, like, podcast time. Yeah. Hey, let's do that then. It's almost as if they you've been talking to them every single week. So I've had people come up to me as if I've seen them literally that week. And I haven't seen them for two or three years because of the pandemic. And they go, oh, yeah, of course, I haven't seen you. I'm, you know, Or they feel like they know you. They go, oh, and they can talk in depth about something. And you're thinking, who the hell is this? It's like, okay, it kind of takes away any shy opportunity, doesn't it? It's like, oh, okay, your soul is bad. And they know exactly what you think about stuff, sober or drunk. And there they are in front of you. And you're thinking, oh, what do I say next? Well, you know, and does that lead us onto podcast on tour? Well, that is oh. that was your idea, wasn't it, I think? Was it? Whose idea was well, it? Well, I think it was mine and Josh's when we were stuck in that little town Driffield. of Driffield. <laughs> and we thought, oh, hang on a minute. Well, again, the girls at East Coast Productions think that it would be a really good idea to go on tour. So, I don't know. If we went on tour, we'd have to guarantee to meet a local, wouldn't we? We yeah, couldn't we'd have just, to meet, like, turn yes, up. Yes, we'd have to meet people. So, like, had, you know, I, do we go to a brewery in a local area? Probably. And then just go and have a bit of a chat with a few and locals. And then find, like, I don't know, like a mill, a flour mill or a maltster in that area to go and chat to and, yeah do it that way it's alright for you lot but I've been rude about most other parts of the country I'm not over my prejudices you know Essex isn't going to welcome me warmly is it? I saw James Gray down there and I saw Choco mm. and I got out okay yeah and that, we've been pretty hard on Yorkshire have well, we? I think we sort of recognise them as sort of kindred spirits really don't we yeah, yeah we just kind of like just might like, we do a bad impression but, but they're like you know they're a bit tight I think they? Yorkshire would be quite funny to go up to that would be my preference if I chose a region I'd go Yorkshire Agreed. I was thinking of sending you to Wales, Webby. <laughs> You're a lot of very worried sheep. <laughs> if anyone thinks that they could enjoy our company for, a, I don't know, a night or something, we'd drive up somewhere, have to have two nights probably to get over whatever happens the night before. But yeah, you know, go to a brewery or a pub or a town like Driffield and someone was up for coming and having a chat and being on the podcast or a listener who wanted to, yeah. to you know, come and brave it then yeah we're up for it just imagine saying right we're going to come to Yorkshire on tour everybody drive up to somewhere exotic where you know snow peaked you know hills in the distance and nobody turns up and it's like oh Oh, here we are (laughs) just talking about Yorkshire just made me think we've also got a lot of thank yous haven't we because we've had a lot of people who sent in beer because remember we had the Great Newsome Brewery and it was I think it was Select Dust was one of the ones absolutely yeah trying to think we've had a lot of beers sent through Jonathan, from Jonathan Hodgson. Oh, he's still got it? the placemat here. Yeah, still it's on the desk. Everyone who comes in this office sees a great newsome. I mean, so we've had beers sent both farmers and trade, haven't we? We've had. Well, this complete... week mine came from Crisps. That was really generous of them to let me have that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, mine and Webby's beer came from one of our farmers oh. who just likes to thank us really after harvest patrick allen episodes 155 to 156 he <laughs> brought those beers in yes and he just he's and lovely. patrick is he's very good he's excellent he's, he's a grower of perfect malting barley he's a great mate and that's that's another thing i've been able to sit down with a couple of my real 
good mates. Yeah. You know, Patrick, Lewis Bohr, um, you know, Chris Harrison, obviously Chrissy Key. Those guys sitting there and chewing the cud with them, if you like, is just has been priceless because it captures you. Yeah. And, and I'm sure in all of them you find or discover, you know, the friendship that you have between the two of you is in, is in the conversations that you start a sentence and the other guy finishes it. William Alamy also springs to mind on that. You know, his, I've got the rest of his brothers to interview yet on the podcast. You know, I've got Brian. Brian will be a treat, as will Jack. Oh, yeah. They'll be a classic. So I know you boys listen. And uh, and then obviously after you've done YouTube, we'll get young Sam on as well. But next generation, there's podcasts in the future where we've still got jobs to be done with people that we need to interview. It's just there won't be a pandemic, hopefully, and we'll be able to get a little bit more efficient on it. So I think with that, anyone who's survived, well, including this one, 200 episodes... Thank you very much for listening. It is a shock to us, but no longer. We now feel famous and it's going to go on and on and get bigger and bigger. Next week, as I say, we have a very, very high-profile celeb who's going to come on, which we're very excited by. Excellent. And as we, as we head into the future, yeah. Oh, I know where we should go on tour. Oktoberfest. <laughs> oh. I, I think you'll find in October we're booked to go up to the Bourse, are we not? Is that not the same week? Or the no, same I don't week? know. Well... We'll do a podcast. We'll be in Valencia. But no, yeah, I've enjoyed the first 200. You pulled a little face <laughs> No, I have. I have enjoyed it. Webby? Yeah, and look forward to the next 200. And just as we were coming into this room, how high was your enthusiasm level for today's podcast? What's the scale? One to ten? Mm-hmm. Two? I think you're overstating it. What about you, Ben? You were very <laughs> negative. Negative ten. <laughs> yeah, you really did. But it's just because like, you just oh. walked out onto the trading floor and went, right, well, right, well, we need to do this podcast. Yeah, pressure, isn't it? So and I was to... in the middle of trying to do some work for the first time yeah. ever. Listen to disco music. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, the, the enthusiasm sometimes isn't very high, and yet they drag themselves from their boots up to be incredibly funny and amusing. So thank you again for doing that. Thank and you. in the end, it is that that has kind of been the phenomena, isn't it? It has worked because when we actually get the mics on, we all change and it gets, I don't know, fun. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. That'll do. Anyway, with that, the next 200 are coming your way. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they are released and follow us on Twitter. We are at Dewing Grain. Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio in Norwich.